so today it gives me great pleasure to welcome four people from our church who are going to share some of their reflections on uh, what they've learned during this lockdown season. Not just about themselves, but about their relational uh, connections as well. How have they navigated some of the relational challenges over these last few months? And as Pastor Dave said last week, we're all facing the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. So the first boat that I'm going to uh, go over to is Diana. So Diana, give me a wave. I won't ask you to give me a thumbs up and a high five. And a, uh, we won't. Oh, come on, let's do it. <laughs> it's so lovely to, to see you, Diana. Great to have you with us now. Diana was actually brought up in Ireland, but she came to Cambridge a few years ago to study for a master's degree. So she is now a clinical scientist working at Adam Brooks Hospital. And uh, she is going to share some lessons on lockdown of what it is to be living alone in this season. Now, Diana is also a volunteer for Public Health England, and so she's been helping out during the COVID crisis. And so I just want to take this opportunity to say a massive thank you to Diana and thank you to all our wonderful NHS workers and care workers. You know, the clap for carers may have finished, but we are still applauding you. And so, Diana, and to everybody that you represent during this time, we just want to say thank you so much for all that you are doing to help us through this crisis. So uh, then we're over to Ben. Now, Ben is also studying at Cambridge and he is uh, just finished year three of a four-year engineering degree. And uh, I've had the pleasure of getting to know Ben over a few years now because he's part of our Kingsgate Cambridge worship team. And uh, Ben, are you still drumming? Is it drumming? I can see yeah. there's a, a yeah, guitar definitely. in the back in the background there. Oh, but... Oh, yeah. a bass guitar. Okay, so um, so yes, yeah, so it's been great, a great pleasure to get to meet Ben over these last uh, few few weeks. And um, when he heard that lockdown was happening in March, literally, he had to shut up shop, stop studies, leave university, leave all his friends behind, and then go back to live with his parents in the family home, which is in Manchester. So he's going to be sharing a little bit about what it's like to go back and to live with uh, his parents in this lockdown season. So Ben has gone from Cambridge to Manchester and then the next people that I'm going to be introducing is uh, Daniel and Rosie Cole. Now Daniel and Rosie have moved from Manchester down to Peterborough and uh, just over the last few months, uh, both have actually come on to staff. Uh, Daniel is one of our pastors and Rosie is our PA. So it's been a real pleasure to get to know them, albeit Rosie had barely got her feet under her desk when lockdown happened. So we all dispersed. So we've kind of got to know each other a little bit via Zoom calls. I remember one time she was, uh, we were having a meeting and she was in her car of all places because it was the only place that she could get some peace and quiet. And I wasn't aware as this meeting was going on that she was getting hotter and hotter and the car windows were getting steamier and steamier and then her phone just exploded virtually. So that was the end of that call. But Daniel and Rosie have four wonderful children. And so we're going to be hearing a little bit about their lessons 
lessons from lockdown of how they're navigating their marriage and how they're uh, bringing up their kids in this season as well. So why don't you all just give me a wave before we start? Give me a wave, give me a wave. So great to see you. So I'm going to kick off the first question to Daniel and Rosie. So you're currently living in a very, very small rented house. Um, I know you're in the throes of buying a house, so that's going to give you uh, some more space in, in, a, in a couple of months' time. But at the moment, you're in a very small house, working from home. You have four children aged between 6 and 12. And um, you've also been... You've got a cat and you've also had a duckling in the household as well and in a, in a minute we're going to see a lovely picture of Naomi their youngest daughter uh, with that duckling so not many challenges there I can imagine um, and it must be a breeze for you <laughs> but no seriously please just uh, just give us a little bit of insight on what it must be like living in uh, these conditions that you're in right now what have been what's been the overall biggest challenge yeah, well, yeah, I'm not quite a breeze. It's uh, yeah, it's been a very interesting season, season for sure. Yeah, and I think one of the things you highlighted there in terms of space, I think that's been been a really tricky thing to navigate, just the, the lack of space there, um, and then also just just a little bit of um, chaos in terms of time and trying to to organise everything. So as you said, both Rosie and I um, working and then homeschooling the four, four kids and then uh, taking care of the duck we, we'd rescued. Well, I say we, it's more Rosie. Um, and yeah, just, just trying to get just all the play and, and just the ongoing sort of house chores as well, so cooking, cleaning, all that sort of stuff. It Just very disorganised and trying to, to navigate through that. So I, I think for me that the biggest challenge that, that came through that was, was communication because we realised actually pre-lockdown pre we would have um, sort of weekly, maybe on a Sunday evening, we, we would look at the week ahead and, you know, just see what's in the diary and, and be able to, to plan through. And so we recognised actually in lockdown, we needed to take that to, to daily, um, so like a daily briefing, if you like, and, and actually, um, yeah, just sit down and discuss the day the day that we'd had and then also plan plan the day, what were the non-negotiables, the moments where we could talk and, and that sort of stuff. So that has certainly helped the, the challenge of uh, communication. Well, I think, I think we've all learned that a daily briefing in this season is really very, very important to uh, understand what is going on in our world, isn't it? So um, that's, that's great. Yeah. So what about you, Rosie? I think for me, um, yeah, like Daniel said, and, and like you shared, um, the space of the house has been a big deal. But it's not just physical space, it's personal space as well. And, and for me, the day is just blended into one sort of mushy thing of, am I teaching the kids? Am I doing my work? Am I cooking? Should I be cleaning up after the kids? Should I put another washing on? And it's just that constant flow with, with no break. And, and I could see at the start of lockdown, I started to get um quite it was just not sustainable and I started to get really agitated or and the kids certainly picked up that I was getting like that and Daniel would come down and, and see that sort of atmosphere so um yeah those are the struggles really and, and and Daniel's amazing really because he um seeing the struggle and seeing sort of that agitation coming out and um, and actually in response to talking and, and communicating every day and um, we started to realize that it wasn't sustainable. We needed to put something else in. And so he amazingly um, would give up an hour and still gives up an hour of his um, day, his lunch hour, 
to come down and to release me to go in and just go off somewhere and sort of be off duty for an hour if you like which has just been the absolute turning point of of lockdown for me just having that bit of space in the day in kid time which is amazing that's so great to hear now, Diana, your experience is really the polar opposite to Daniel and Rosie's in that you're in lockdown alone. Um, so I know that creates a different set of challenges. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, so just um, before the end of last year, November, I, I got a place of my own, which was a, a big milestone in itself for me. But envisage going through a pandemic <laughs> on my own um, but yeah it's definitely been been a huge challenge and I and I I have really really missed my family so as you said in the um, introduction um, I grew up in Ireland so most of my family are, are in Ireland um, I have um, some family here but um, with the restrictions and everything i couldn't see them and i i obviously um cannot uh travel to go see my family in ireland so it's been it's been really challenging not um not being with them and i'm somebody who is very close to my family um i would you know under normal circumstances i would have gone there to see them about two or three times by now um but i just haven't been able to do that and modern day technology is brilliant we've been able to facetime and you know um communicate over zoom but it's um it's still no substitute for you know that that physical connection that, uh, that you get from being with with people that that you love so that has been um every challenge for me and with that is i struggle with loneliness um a lot um i i was fortunate and blessed that I could still go to work um, during a lockdown but I found that weekends were the hardest for me because you know I didn't have work or work related issues to distract me so to speak so I just found that I, I felt the, the, the silence and the loneliness more acutely then and I would just, you know there are some moments where I would just cry on and off for the day just because i i just missed i missed having my family and friends around me um so that 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 was definitely um a challenge yeah so so what how, how do you manage to um you know when you find yourself in that spiral of sort of despair and and, and loneliness and isolation what, what have been some of the turning points for you what's helped get you out of that when you found yourself in those sort of very dark moments? Sure. Um, I should say actually at the at the beginning of, of lockdown, I, I tried so hard to suppress all those negative feelings and emotions because I just, you know, I, I just kept telling myself, you know, you, you get through this, just you have to find the good in every situation, that kind of um, thing. So I suppressed a lot of it, but I actually, realize that I actually have to to let myself be sad be angry or feel frustrated because um you know I didn't want them to, to manifest in other ways so um I I rediscovered my love for running <laughs> so I actually found that um well it was 
a, a kind of a way of, of self-care for me but I actually found that I could not only was it good for me physically but mentally and spiritually because I found that I could actually you know talk to God because <laughs> you know I, I don't believe that there's um only one way of praying I think we can we're we're blessed to have you know so many ways to communicate with God and for me that's definitely been been um a way to do that and also just um just kind of having a moment silence or like sitting in silence in silence just to kind of you know just to to calm down and to just listen and I feel like you know that's been one of the ways that I've been able to to communicate with God again and to yeah to I, I found that through that I could have an inner peace afterwards and I could just kind of learn to let go and kind of like accept that it's a situation that I was in in control of but you know what I control is my response to it so thank you yeah. that that's really that's really great and I think the point that you bring out about um, not masking feelings and emotions is a really, really um, pertinent one for people because I think we can all have a tendency to suppress what we're really feeling about things. So thank you, that's a, that's a really great point to bring out. And so, Ben, for you, um, you know, D Diana's just talked about not masking feelings. So tell us how you felt when you heard the news about lockdown and having to leave uni and all your friends behind. Yeah, so it was actually as I was packing up my room to, to leave Cambridge at the end of last term that I got the email to find out that we wouldn't be coming back. And I think it was that really then that the realisation dawned that, you know, next term we'll be looking very different and that actually it would be six months at home, which is a lot longer than I've spent at home in the past kind of three to four years. Um, so, yeah, the kind of realisation that that would be happening and also the fact that, you know, Easter term is usually a, a really fun term to spend with friends at Cambridge, kind of around exams. Um, and the realisation that the sadness of that wouldn't be happening and also sadness of not being able to see friends graduate as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, just um, dealing with that and then when kind of getting back home, um, just actually taking time to, to realise that I needed to be more intentional with, um, with my routine and not just kind of getting straight stuck into things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I mean, obviously going back into the family home um, with your parents, you know, it is a big adjustment for you and for them. So what were some of the things that you felt you had to readjust to? Just share some insights about that. Yeah, so for me, I'm, I'm quite, um, quite practical. I usually kind of get straight on into a project. And for me, it was a, a real change of actually taking time to realise that my routine as I normally would revising kind of was changing at home and so actually really fitting into uh, in ways my parents meal times and kind of normal family routines and really kind of um, just being intentional with with changing how I would spend my time and kind of helping out around the house more than more than usual and um, doing some washing and not taking advantage of, of stuff being done for me. <laughs> well done, Ben. I hope all, all uni students are listening to this. Um, you know, it is good to do your own washing and, uh, and to maybe cook your parents a meal sometimes. All of those little things really, really, really help. Now, Daniel and Rosie, of course, you've now got lots of opportunity to spend with your children. So how have you managed to build with them and keep the family united? Yeah, true. Um, 
To be honest, Karen, the kids have been amazing. Like they've made it really easy to build actually. They've been so positive throughout this whole process. I can't, you know, I honestly, I genuinely can't think of one negative thing they've said about lockdown. And we might have said stuff about home learning, but <laughs> nothing about lockdown and anything to do with that. So they've been amazing. Yeah. Dragged ourselves around in the season. Um, I think some of the things that we've tried to instill is, um, first of all, just letting them know that if they do have a bad day, it's okay for them to have a bad day. Like we all seem to be taking turns in that. So just helping them feel like that's okay, you know, it's your turn today, we'll have a better day tomorrow. I'm trying to be realistic with what our expectations are, even with homeschooling, even with things like cleaning, and just, you know, not setting ourselves things that are just too high to achieve. Um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. That's so great to hear. Now, Diana, you've already, already talked about missing your family because obviously they're, they're, they're not uh, living locally. But I know that your life group has been an absolute lifeline for you through this season. So can you tell us a little bit about what the life group has meant to you? Uh, well, it, it's definitely been um, a huge blessing. Um, I've been uh, with my life group since um, 2018. So uh, I definitely feel like I, I have a, a second family here and, you know, I've made um lifelong friendships from it but um yeah what what struck me during the lockdown is that you know how how everybody was affected in so many different ways and everybody was going through different challenges and difficulties but at the same time we were all kind of able to lean on one another um kind of listening through what we were all going through um and so we could just lean on each other for support and also we could you know, just just pray for one another as well, um, which was really um, comforting. Um, and one of the the things that I, I I got from from that as well is that I've I've been able to see so many breakthroughs as well. Like it's been it's been a difficult time, but you know we've we've seen God do amazing things in people's lives. So I think it just goes to show you know that that there's strength in, in unity and. Also that, you know, God is faithful in, through every season, whether, you know, we're going through the storm or, you know, um, we have this kind of happy moments in life. So it's definitely been, been um, a lifeline for me. Oh, that's so good to hear. And of course, during this, um, this season as well, there was the terrible murder of George Floyd, which has opened up the conversation on racism in society. So it would be great to hear your perspective on that as well, Diana, and also, you know, how being in your life group has helped uh, in, in those conversations. Because I know right across Kingsgate, um, after that uh, terrible event, and we had the conversation on race with Pastor Dave and Pastor Agu and Toppy, and then all the life groups then had these discussions, and, and lots of people fed back how important it had been for people to maybe express sometimes for the first time some of the pain um, that they carry through being subject to um, racism. So sh share a little bit of your story on that. Um, yeah, so when I, when I found out about, about George Floyd's murder, I, I definitely found it extremely sad um, and painful, but my 
my initial response was to just kind of remove myself from from what was going on in the media and all of the discussions because it was it was just too painful and also because I was just afraid that it was going to be you know another one out of many incidences like this that have happened and have just maybe been forgotten about after the the media coverage and, and the hype had gone down but then I, I began to see you know the start of the Black Lives Matter movement and the the protests and like you said the the discussion um within our own church that was led by Pastor David and Dave and it was just for me it was it was humbling to see because not only did it you know did it spark discussions within life groups and my own life group as well but like you so rightly said it was the first time that I felt like we were our voices were being heard as as a community and the world was ready to listen and I, I'm so grateful that, that um, we were given that platform to express ourselves and um, I, I'm, I'm guessing that for, for, for some people, for many people, you know, it's not easy to talk about these experiences because they are painful and they have been going on for, for, for so long. So um, yeah, it was, it, was, um, it was very humbling to, to be able to, to, to be given that platform. Um, and I, I think that, you know, the challenge for us um, now as a community and as a church is to continue with those discussions and, and that conversations and, you know, to approach them with, with humility and love and understanding and to actually um, make sure that, you know, we, we are being anti-racist you know as well as as talking about it we, we encourage the conversation but actually encourage one another to be anti-racist and to call out racism when we see it um and i think that that's one of the ways we can affect change within our institutions within um you know the education system and the the justice system you know and, and, and all those um areas so so, I mean, it's been really great in, you know, certainly right across all life groups, and I can only trust it in yours as well. You know, there has been a, a, an attitude of uh, humility, you know, and a sense of we need to listen to each other, we need to learn from each other, and definitely, you know, we want to together stand united. I think, you know, this is a really important time for us, isn't it, that we really guard the, the unity of the church and, um, you know, even as these conversations are had. And, you know, I just want to say to the whole church, you know, be assured that the conversation on race is continuing and over the next few weeks and months and you know even though the issue may be off the front pages of the newspapers and off of the, of the news headlines uh, we do still want to be talking about this and making sure that you know as Diana has rightly said that we we really are going to stand for change together but it's going to take humility and it's going to take you know a sense of standing united together so thank you diana for sharing that with us and uh, and ben i know that life group has been really important for you too hasn't it and um so while you were at uni you led a student 
Well, in, in Peterborough, we call them a student life group, but in, in, in Cambridge, it's a collective. So you, you lead a student collective. And, um, and I, I know you've still managed to keep in touch with, uh, with your gang during lockdown. So what have you learned about yourself and what have been some of the challenges that you are facing as a group as you kind of meet together? Yeah, it's been so brilliant and such a blessing to stay connected in community with the collective. That's such a great group and it's been yeah, brilliant to just to stay in touch with them over the past few weeks. Um, I think, yeah, we've already grown together, even though it's been online. Uh, to still keep that connection has been yeah, really helpful for each of us. Um, we're all in such different situations. We've all kind of had some move away from uni, but to quite different places um, across the UK and across the world as well. And so um, I think for me, I've learned to be a better listener during this time that actually, you know, I'm someone who kind of naturally likes to, to fix problems and jump in and try and help, but actually accepting that, um, you know, just as God enters into to our sufferings, we're actually called to, to enter in with people and, and listen and just be a supporting um, shoulder uh, and just to, yeah, to lean on it sometimes. And I think, um, yeah, for particularly at the moment with the third year students, especially dealing with such a, a huge amount of uncertainty around next year and what that looks like um, and, and jobs and, and even just the next few weeks and months. Um, and I think just just for all of us to really kind of come together and, and know that we're all we're all there for each other and that we're all praying for each other. And actually prayer has been a really, a really important part of this time. And we've, we've actually been going through Pete Gregg's prayer course, which has been a really, really useful uh, resource for us all of exploring kind of loads of different areas of prayer, some areas that we've kind of we know that we've we've kind of got we do all the time but some areas that we we maybe struggle with or or haven't really looked into as much and that's been um really interesting to to look at areas of unanswered prayer and wrestling with that but still trusting in in god's faithfulness for it all and actually taking time to listen and be con contemplative as well um yeah it's been brilliant that's so great to hear talking of four kids and all the rest of it daniel and rosie you've already shared how you're you're navigating uh, challenges with the children and we're going to see a picture of you and the kids come up now. And so um, there, there we are. Um, but we've heard about the children, but what about the challenges in your relationship, you know, between you? Um, mm -hmm. You know, what happens when you have a big bust up, for example? I mean, where do you go? I mean, do you go sit in the car like Rosie came and sat in the car for her meetings? <laughs> if you're going to have a bust up, you can't really do it in front of the kids. So what happens? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, we've got a garage as well, but uh, <laughs> there's options. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, certainly we, we, we realised even coming here in January that it was going to be a year where there may be some, some ten tensions that, that come in there um, just with navigating and you coming to a new city and, and new jobs and then you add lockdown to that two months after us arriving. Um, yeah, there, there certainly was some, uh, yeah, some, some heated moments, some, some frustrations. Um, we've already mentioned communication, that's probably a big one. Um, but it, it sort of... Um, for us, we, we saw some uh, marriage counselling um, several years ago, I can't remember how many years it was now. Um, so we realised that actually um, we, we were leaning in like never before <laughs> in this lockdown season um, of just 
picking up some of those skills and some of those tools that we'd we'd learned from from taking on some of that um, yeah those insights from from going to, to marriage counselling. So uh, so that did put us in good stead, didn't it? So things like um, um, carving out time for for relaxation and um, so you know the kids are in bed and making sure we've got some some time just to relax together. Um, what other things that I think even even with communication, putting your boundaries around it. Mm -hmm. So um, Daniel doesn't like to, I'm a night owl, whereas Daniel's not. So I come alive at nine o'clock, whereas he's like, no, like getting ready for bed, don't want to overprocess. So we've had to really um compromise on when we can talk about things. So we can't talk about it around kids and we can't talk about it late at night. So just being proactive and it gets intentional about. Um, we're going to have this conversation and we're going to have it now and, and making time for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. As well, another thing is is just ensuring that we've got a, a support network yeah. in place, which is um, which is something you've been really big on and helped us both in, yeah. in terms of just making sure we've still got folks around us, so key, you know, family members, friends, um, even touching base with our counsellor, just to those health checks and just making sure that we're, yeah. yeah, we've got that network in place. I think that's been really helpful as well, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. That, that's really great to hear. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we wait until we're in a crisis you know, before we go and get help. But I think, uh, you know, my, my advice to any married couple is, you know, doing something like um, the marriage course or um, getting some kind of help and support in before a real crisis hits. It means you've got some tools, doesn't it? So that when yeah, something right. like lockdown happens, you've already, you've, you, you know how to um, avert some of, the, some of the typical crisis moments so you know i think i think that is really uh, amazing thank you for thank you for sharing that and you know i just want to give a shout out to um, single parent families because you know daniel and rosie uh, you know talking about how they're able to serve one another and help one another share the load of the kids you know rosie's well-being hour things like that and for those of you who are single parents, you haven't had the opportunity for that. So, you know, I can't imagine just some of what you must be feeling right now, just completely overwhelmed and exhausted. But we just want to just give a big shout out to you and just say, well done. Keep going. Keep hanging on in there. Keep drawing on all that you can from the Lord and, you know, just from your from your networks, even if it is remotely. But I just I just wanted to say that we haven't forgotten you uh, in this season and you're probably at the very, very sharp end of some of these uh, relational challenges. So just well done. All you single parents, give yourselves a high five. So. Um, so yeah i know rosie as well you you said something to me the other day that just really i thought was just so helpful and um you you, you mentioned something about you'd heard this quote or it might even have been that your counselor or you, you can explain this but it was just this phrase just because something's hard it's not necessarily wrong yeah. just yeah. unpack that for us a little bit yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, my testimony is, you know, several years ago, like our marriage had got into a place where it was really hard. And I remember being in our old house and, and suddenly it dawning on me, um, this is so hard. And then it, I suddenly thought, well, it must be over if it's this hard. And, 
you know, first of all, what a lie <laughs> that was. Um, but I didn't know of anyone who had been through something so hard and had come out the other side and, and it'd be better on the other side. So what was incredible about marriage counseling for us is that um, it didn't just give us the tools, but it gave us, like, it gave us the, the learning of that, or the realization that um, it's okay that it's hard. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that there's something to learn. And so we've just had that throughout all of life, marriage, kids, everything, lockdown. It's been our thing though. People have said, you know, how are you getting on? Like, you know, are you okay? Yeah, you know, it's hard, but that's okay. You know, we can do hard. That's okay so I think for me um yeah just having that realization of hard is okay we can do hard um has just been yeah just really reassuring actually and, and just yeah not hitting ourselves too hard on the facts when it is really hard and there are challenges it's still okay Absolutely. And I think in one sense, that's a great uh, phrase to end our conversation on just because it's hard, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. And I think, you know, as we've heard from Diana and, uh, and Ben, Daniel and, and Rosie, you know, they've been through some very hard, challenging situations in lockdown. But we've also heard what they've been learning about themselves and how they've also um, been able to draw on other people as, and serve other people in the midst of all of that. And, you know, just as we kind of circle right back to that Philippians uh, 2 passage, you know, we're talking about unity and humility and servanthood. And, you know, for all of us, we need to be contending for those in our lives. And I just want to thank Diana and Ben and, and Daniel and Rosie for sharing some of your insights as to how you've maintained those three very important ingredients um, through this very challenging season with the people, your, your nearest and dearest, even if you can't physically be with them. Well, I really hope that you've enjoyed listening to uh, Daniel and Rosie, to Ben and to Diana's lessons from lockdown this week. And I just want to uh, pick up on a couple of things. Uh, both Diana and Ben talked about the importance of life groups. So if you're not in a life group, please, you can go online. You can um, sign up for one. One of the team would love to get in touch with you. And also, uh, Daniel and Rosie talked about um, marriage counselling. And I just want to recommend something called the Marriage Course. And literally thousands of people up and down the country are, uh, are, are making use of that incredible course, particularly in this uh, pressured time of lockdown where maybe uh, marriage relationships have just uh, come under a little bit of strain so again you can go online you can find out about the marriage course as well and so finally I just want us to circle right back around to that wonderful passage that we heard at the beginning from Philippians 2 you know that we want to carry uh, a spirit of unity a, a spirit of humility and a spirit of servanthood um, as we uh, leave um, leave lockdown and as we uh, go through this week and the coming weeks and months. And so I want to pray for us right now that we would have everything that we need to be able to do that. So you might want to close your eyes or put your hand on your heart, however you feel comfortable. Father God, I just thank you so much that you know and love each person that is watching this message today. Thank you that you understand their hopes and dreams and you know their fears and anxieties. And I pray, Lord, that whether they're battling with uh, feelings of isolation and loneliness or whether they're feeling completely overwhelmed by the pressures 
and the demands that are being made on them. Father, I pray that each and every person would know just your presence and your loving kindness all around. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, it's been so great to be with you. And so I'm now going to hand back to the band who are going to lead us in our final song. <laughs>